Praise the Lord. So we're looking at 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're just going to review verse 21. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21. I'm going to read it to you from the Amplified Bible. We know from the King James, he who knew no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. So in the Amplified Bible, it says, and so we are Christ's ambassadors. Excuse me, I'm sorry. Wrong verse. Verse 21. And he made Christ, who knew no sin, to judicially be sin on our behalf. So it was a legal work of redemption. He made Christ, who knew no sin, to judicially be sin on our behalf. So Jesus Christ was sinless. He's the only sinless man that exists. Before, of course, Adam, before he had sinned, he was sinless. But, but he was the only one that could qualify as our substitute. No one else, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So Jesus Christ was God manifest in the flesh. He was the man, Christ Jesus. He was both God and man. And so God made Jesus as a substitute for all of humanity. Jesus got in a body, took on a body of flesh and blood, walked as a man, lived as a man was tempted in all points like as we are, yet without sin. So he, as a sinless substitute, went to the cross. And he was made sin. So it says that God made him to be sin. God made Jesus to be our sin. So God took the sin of humanity and put it on Jesus. Jesus being our substitute, then he suffered in our place. Or he suffered for our sin. In suffering for our sin, he paid the penalty for sin. The wages or the penalty for sin is death. So he not only suffered, he died. So the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then... Jesus suffered in our place, paid the penalty for our sin, and died in our place. He only had to die once. He was a sinless substitute, became sin. He died in our place. His death was for all the human race. His death was for those since Adam until the end of humanity. All right, so Jesus paid the full penalty for all of humanity. So then it says in the Amplified again, it says, so that in him we would become the righteousness of God. So in Christ we have become the righteousness of God. I have explained somewhat the phrase in Christ. It means that you're engrafted into him. Actually, the Amplified Bible says uh, it means that you're in union with him. According to uh, John chapter 15, he that is joined 
unto the Lord, or actually 1 Corinthians uh, uh, 6.17, it says, He that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. And then in uh, John 15, Jesus is referred to as the vine. We are referred to as a branch, and we are connected or engrafted into the vine and become one with the vine. So you are one with Christ. You're in union with, union with Christ. You're engrafted into Christ. And so you share in his life, just like the branch shares in the sap of the vine when it is grafted into the vine. So you share in his life. When you were born again, you received eternal life, the life of God, life as God has it. You receive the life of God. So then, in Christ, you have become the righteousness of God, so that in him, we would become the righteousness of God. Righteousness is a a right standing with God, or a right relationship with God. And so then you have a right relationship with God. That is, we would be made acceptable to him. So when you're righteous, then you're accepted in the beloved. So you're acceptable to him and placed in right relationship with him by his gracious loving kindness. So everything that he did, he did for us. It was not to his benefit, it was to our benefit. Of course, he reaps a harvest of people who are saved, born again, but he was doing it on our behalf. So then once he has suffered for us and paid the penalty for our sin, anyone who believes on Jesus Christ, believes that he died for their sin and gave his life for them and was raised again uh, and confesses, according to Romans chapter 10, and confesses that Jesus Christ is Lord, that person is saved. Saved, again, can be uh, also uh, referred to as receiving eternal life. So when you are born again, you receive eternal life. When you receive eternal life, you're saved. Or you become a new creation in Christ. So there's different terminology uh, that the Scripture uses, but all mean the same thing. You are a new creation in Christ. You received eternal life. You're saved. Another term is born again. So then when you receive Jesus, you're born again. Or... Uh, Peter says, you're born of an incorruptible seed. So you're born of God, according to uh, uh, many uh, times reference in, in uh, the epistles of John. It's born of God. Well, when you say born of God, that means that your life proceeds from him. It comes from God. Just like your children are born of you. They came out from you. Without you, they would not be. Right? So we are born of God. God becomes our Father. So God is our Father. Jesus is our Lord. Praise God. And we have this eternal life where we're saved. We're born again. 
We've been born of this incorruptible seed, the Word of God, which lives and abides forever. So, we have another uh, gift. It's called righteousness. We have received the gift of righteousness. So, righteousness is a gift because you didn't earn it. Eternal life is referred to as a gift. Why? Because you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. You didn't attain to it. You didn't earn it in any way. Well, then, uh, salvation is referred to as a gift. So you have the gift of salvation. You have the gift of eternal life. You have the gift of righteousness. And so then you would be better off if you would just acknowledge that you have that you would acknowledge every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. Well, good thing that is in you in Christ Jesus is that you are righteous. A good thing that is in you because you are born again is that you have eternal life. So acknowledging makes you conscious of. Right? So your acknowledgement, or we could say confession, Hold fast to your confession. Pastor Mark preached on that last week. Uh, That is in the 8 o'clock service. So hold fast to the confession of your faith. Your faith in Christ. Your faith in God. Your faith in who God has made you to be. Your faith in who God is. Your faith in what God has done. Your faith in Jesus and your faith in what he's done. So your faith in God and your faith in Jesus and your faith in what he has done in redemption. God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. So God was involved in the redemptive process. God the Father. But Jesus, of course, was the substitute. And God was working in Christ to reconcile or restore humanity to himself or bring them back into harmony or bring them back into a right relationship with him. So Jesus has done that already, and the best thing we can do now is to see it spiritually, our eyes be open to it, come to know it, and acknowledge it. Then by acknowledging it, you become conscious of it, and by becoming conscious of it, then you're more likely to live in the light of it. Are you with me? Praise the Lord. So, you have become the righteousness of God. You've been made acceptable to Him. You've been placed in a right relationship with Him by His gracious, loving kindness. It's all an expression of the love of God. For God so, what? Love the world. That He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in Him would not perish but have everlasting life. So then we're going to go to Romans chapter 4, if you will. We'll look at Romans chapter 4 and uh, begin with verse 20. Romans chapter 4 is referring to Abraham. Romans 4, beginning with verse 20, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith giving glory to God, which would be a key for us to remain strong in faith. 
giving glory to God, giving praise to God. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Being fully persuaded that what he, God had promised, he was able also to perform. Being fully persuaded that what God had promised, he was able also to perform. And therefore, it was imputed unto him for righteousness. So his faith, his faith in God was imputed or counted to him for righteousness. Now, this is Abraham before Jesus' birth, before Jesus' death, before his giving his life. But it was counted to him or imputed to him for righteousness because he believed God. Now, it was, not in, it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed if we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So it was not just for his sake alone, but it was for our sake that we could see that faith brings righteousness or right relationship with God. But for us also to whom it shall be imputed if we believe or if we have faith in him or believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord, from the dead. So which aligns itself with uh, Romans chapter 10. What do we believe? We believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness. So believing or putting faith in God who raised Jesus from the dead and putting faith in Jesus who was raised from the dead who was delivered for our offenses and was raised again for our justification. So Jesus was raised from the dead, but he was delivered to death because or for our offenses and was raised for our justification. Now you can read it in many different translations. I'm just going to read it to you in the Amplified Bible. In the Amplified Bible, it says, Who was betrayed and crucified because of our sins. Well, there would be no reason for Jesus Christ to go to the cross and die if humanity was without sin, right? So the only reason he's going to the cross is because of our sins. The only reason he's suffering death is because of our sins. And was raised from the dead because of our justification. Now, this is very key here in this phrase. He was raised from the dead because of our justification. So then Jesus, according to this verse, could not be raised from the dead until our justification had been effected. So righteousness brings life, according to the scripture. So righteousness brings life. 
All right, then Jesus had to be justified, and we know that he was justified in spirit according to 1 Timothy 3.16. Jesus was justified in spirit. He was God manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, received up into glory. So then, Jesus was justified in spirit. Why would Jesus need to be justified in spirit? Why? Because he was made to be our sin. He literally became sin for humanity. It was not just an act or, or a play act. It was the real deal. Jesus was actually becoming sin for humanity. He who knew no sin was made to be sin. So he was sinless, but he was made to be sin. He was made to be sin by God. God took our sin and laid it on Jesus. He who knew no, no sin was made to be sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him so that we could be made righteous. Well, then, in this verse, he said he was raised because, raised from the dead because of our justification. So then, every human being, every person was, as we have taught already, was reconciled in the person of Jesus. God was in Christ doing what? Reconciling the world unto himself. Not counting their sins unto them, but canceling them. So the sin debt was canceled in the person of Jesus, and the sin debt had to be canceled in order for God to say he's justified. So the sin debt would have to be fully paid for in order for God to justify Jesus justly, because God is just. There is a penalty for sin. There is a debt or a penalty. There is a wage for sin, and that is death. And so Jesus had to fully pay, to the extent of death, fully pay the sin penalty of humanity, and he had taken by identification all of man's sin into his own person in order to be able to pay the full penalty. So he was our representative, if you will. Adam was our representative. He was the first man, Adam, right? But Jesus was the last Adam. So the first Adam sinned, and it affected the whole human race. I said the first man sinned, and it affected the whole human race. Sin came into the world by Adam. And death by sin. And so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now God is going to take another man, Christ Jesus, a perfect man, a sinless man, and he's going to take our place and be a substitute for us so that he can now affect the whole human race and make possible for the whole human race to be saved, born again. But in this verse, he's doing it legally and he's doing it once and for all. 
And he's not going to have to do it again. All of our sins were dealt with in the person of Christ because we were justified. And he was raised, which is proof that all humanity was justified in the person of Christ. So in the legal sense, it's already paid for. You could be left an inheritance, and legally, it belongs to you. It could be a million dollars. But unless you claim what belongs to you and receive what belongs to you, even though it's in a reserve for you or bank for you or investment for you, it's there for you, it belongs to you, but unless you claim what belongs to you or receive what belongs to you, you would never enjoy what legally has already been paid for. Someone else worked for it. Someone else earned it. Someone else uh, did what was necessary in order for that, that mon- money uh, to be available to you. So Jesus legally has paid the full penalty for all of man's sin once and for all, and it's in the spiritual bank, if you will, and anyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be what? Saved. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So anyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ receives eternal life as a free gift, unearned, undeserved, did not work for it, didn't achieve it, didn't do anything to merit it. They simply believed it and received it and received it into themselves and became a child of God. So the love of God is so expressed in the person of his son and the giving of his son that he is paying the penalty for the whole human race and no one, no matter how bad they are, no matter what kind of sin they're involved in, no matter what they have done, Jesus Christ has paid the full penalty for their sin and the sin penalty has been paid. And once and for all, Jesus Christ has paid the full penalty and he has been raised from the dead and he is Lord and will be Lord forever and for eternity. And whoever believes on him and confesses Jesus is Lord, they're saved, they're born again, they're child of God, they're God's family, they're in the family of God. Praise the Lord. So he was raised from the dead because of our justification, our acquittal. Absolving of all sin before God. So we've been acquitted. Hallelujah. You're not responsible to pay that penalty any longer. Because he's already paid the penalty. I said, you're not responsible to pay that penalty any longer because he's already paid the penalty. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Jesus. We can just stop here and praise God for the rest of the time. Thank God for his mercy. Thank God for his goodness. Thank God for his loving kindness. Thank God for his giving of his son on our behalf. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 5. In Romans chapter 5, And we're going to look at verse 1. Romans 5, verse 1. Therefore, being justified by faith. Therefore, being justified by faith. So we see that it was counted to Abraham for righteousness, but not for his sake alone, but for us also. So we could see that by faith, we could be justified. Or we could receive this reconciliation. We could receive Jesus. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Being justified by faith, we have peace with God. All right, so we're no longer at odds with God. We're no longer uh, against God. We are for God and God is for us. One of the meanings of reconciliation is uh, restored to harmony. You're in harmony with God. So you have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. By whom, this is, it's important to note that all through the epistles you're going to see these phrases. By Christ, with Christ, in Christ, through Christ. By Christ, by whom, in whom, through whom. It's all connected to Jesus. And over and over again, you see these phrases in the New Testament that tell us that everything that we receive, everything that we enjoy as a believer, as a Christian, it is a result of what Jesus did. And it comes by him, through him, from him, in him. Thank you, Jesus. By whom also, by Christ also, we have access by faith into this grace. Grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. We have access. Into this grace. So we're saved by grace. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. It is the gift of God. So eternal life is the gift of God. Salvation is the gift of God. And it's by grace. Which again tells us. We didn't earn it. We didn't merit it. We simply believed and received it. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand. 
So you receive the grace of God and you stand in the grace of God. And stay in that grace, stand in that grace. And rejoice in hope of the glory of God. So there's some rejoicing that goes on when you're saved. There's some rejoicing that comes out of the heart of a believer because they are saved and they are uh, grateful and they are thankful and they rejoice about it. They rejoice now in hope of the glory of God that is to come, but they rejoice now in what they have received and what they will receive. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So true humility is receiving and acknowledging that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. Not that you're going to be, that you are. Not that you're trying to be, but that you are. Acknowledging, true humility is receiving and acknowledging that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Now I'm going to, I looked at it last week, but I'll go to it briefly uh, in Romans chapter 10, and we'll look at a couple of verses. In Romans 10 and verse 9. Verse 8, of course, says, But what saith it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. What do we do? We confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, or the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised him from the dead, and it says, hath or has already raised him from the dead, and thou shalt be saved. So it's a simple way of receiving Jesus. Believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. Confessing Jesus as Lord with your mouth. And what happens? It says, you shall be saved. For with a heart man believeth, what? Unto righteousness. So when you believe on Jesus or believe that God raised Jesus from the dead, remember, he was justified because we were justified. Or he was raised because we were justified. So if you believe Jesus was raised from the dead, then you're believing that you're justified may not fully have a grasp or understanding of that reality, but that's what you're doing. You're acknowledging the resurrection was guarantee or proof that you have been justified. And you have just received that justification by believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confessing Jesus as Lord with your mouth. And at that moment, you have received what was in the bank. What was in Christ. 
And you got in Christ. And when you got in Christ, you received everything that was in Christ. Hallelujah. And what was in Christ? But of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. That's four things in 1 Corinthians 1.30. So righteousness is made unto you. So you become the righteousness of God, or you have a right relationship with God, or you are in harmony with God or you are at peace with God or you have a right standing before God and you have the ability to stand in his presence without a sense of sin, guilt, condemnation or inferiority complex. God has given you the ability to stand in his presence freely with freedom. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank God. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. So that without a confession, without a speaking, not just confessing your sin, but confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. Praise God. Now go with me to Romans chapter 3. Romans chapter 3. In Romans chapter 3, verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. The righteousness of God without the law or apart from the law is, is manifested. So this is a righteousness that doesn't come from obedience to the law. It's without the law or apart from the law, even though it was witnessed by the law and the prophets. But it doesn't come by the law. It comes by grace. It doesn't come by obedience to the law. It comes by grace. Verse 22, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, Unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Well, I'm, I'm glad that there's no difference. In other words, there's no difference if you're rich or you're poor, you're middle class. No matter what your social standing is or your monetary uh, value is, there's no difference. It's for all. Doesn't matter what nationality you are. Doesn't matter what family you're part of. It doesn't matter anything about you. You are a human being and it's to all. Anybody. Hallelujah. Even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there's no difference. Anybody is accepted. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So no matter how rich or how poor or, or, or what nationality you are, doesn't matter what you deem important or what someone may deem uh, so valuable. 
God placed his value on you when he sent his son Jesus to die in your place. He placed a value. And that value was that he was willing to give his son's life for you. He loved you so much. He cared for you so much. He loved you so deeply that he was willing to give his only son. He had a plan to redeem all of humanity because of his great love for humanity, his love for every human being, his hatred for sin and the destruction that it would work in the life of humanity and it had worked in the lives of humanity he hated sin but he loved righteousness and he loved every human being so much so that means he loves you so much that he was willing to send his son to die in your place so that you could be justified so that your sin could be erased that you could be chosen by God you could receive God's own life you could receive his own son into your heart you could be born of God you could receive the gift of God which is eternal life on the inside of you you could be made right with God you could have a right relationship with God you could have God as your very own father you could know God personally God would invite you into his holy presence and he would let you come into his presence and live in his presence abide in his presence worship in his presence give praise to him in his presence give glory to him and then he would bring you up into his own heaven and you would spend your eternity in the presence of God almighty God had a plan of redemption for man and God had a plan in redemption for you. God chose you in him before the foundation of the world. God saw you and saw you and loved you and cared for you. And because God is all-knowing, he knew all things. He knew the beginning and the end. He chose you in him before the foundation of the world. God chose you. God loved you. God chose you. God loved you and he cares for you and he has redeemed you. He has purchased you with his son's own blood and you are bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your spirit and your body which belong to God. You're no longer your own. You are bought with a price. You belong to him. He is Lord of your life. Jesus is Lord. You are the redeemed of the Lord. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Let the redeemed of the Lord say they are redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord cry out, I am redeemed. Let them give glory to God. Let them give praise to God. Let them sing of the goodness of God. Let them sing of the mercies of God. Let the mercy of God hit your spirit and your soul and you know in whom you have believed and you know he's able, praise God, to take you all the way to the end and you would step into heaven and you would enter his presence and see his glory and you would live with him for eternity. Hallelujah, Jesus loves you. God loves you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Can somebody praise God in this place?
Hallelujah to Jesus. Just stand to your feet for a moment. Come on, let's just give God some praise in the house. Give God glory. Thank you, Father God. We praise you, Father God, today. We praise your name. We praise you forever, Lord. (laughs) Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. Glory to your name, Jesus. Glory to your name. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. (laughs) Glory to God. We worship you today, Jesus. We magnify your name in this place, Jesus. We magnify your name, Father God. Oh, great is your faithfulness. Great is your goodness. And great is your mercy and great is your love. Thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to Jesus. Somebody say, I am redeemed. Say it again. I am redeemed. Amen.